You think I'm being typecast? I don't know. I think this cat is typecast. It's a fucking cat, you know? Ain't got much choice. What if he moved to a new neighborhood? Hung out with the poodle crowd, did poodle things, you know, become a poodle. Still be a cat, you know? But what if he convinced himself that he was a poodle and everyone else that he was a poodle? Wouldn't that make him a poodle? That's a good point. I mean, weird as shit, but that's a good point. And this whole metaphor is bullshit, yo. You hear me? You think everybody don't got a role to play, huh? You think a white boy could have played Omar? You think you could play a president? I could. And I think we've seen the last black president for a while. I'm just saying. I think you're gonna always be playing some version of Mike. Gangster Mike, old timer gangster Mike, Southern gangster Mike. But I'm not a gangster. Everyone that knows me knows that. Self-denying gangster Mike. Look, I picked these roles. Me, I, I made this path for myself. Did you? Yeah, did you? Or did they choose you? You think we would be doing what we doing if we had a choice? Huh? Face it, man, look, we from a certain type of people that come from a type of place that look a type of way. You know what that make us? Black. Typecast. If I would typecast, I'd be in jail or dead. But I'm here. I got out. Got myself out. You sure about that? Yeah. We're gonna be okay. Now we gonna be okay. We're gonna be okay. We gonna be okay. Okay, so unfortunately, we have to start today by saying uh, rest in peace to Michael K. Williams. A lot of you probably got your introduction to him as Omar from The Wire, but I didn't. For me, it was Chalky White on Boardwalk Empire. It's one of my favorite shows pretty much of all time. So when the news came across my timeline yesterday about his passing, it was tough, man. Uh, Demons, man. Demons. The more you, the further you think you get away from them. They just, they, they find their way to reappear. Uh, but I'm going to spend some time this morning talking about kind of how I found out the news and kind of where that led me, like the process of 
how I was how that information was delivered to me. It was something about it that didn't sit well with me. So today is Tuesday. It is September the 7th, and it's shortly after 8 a.m. You are listening to the morning edition of Cloud Conversations. Okay, so what you heard before was a recording. It was the audio from a video that Michael K. Williams done for HBO and The Atlantic, basically where he's having conversations with himself and all the roles that he's played. Uh, And he asked the interesting question at, at first, like, have I been typecast, right? And it's an interesting thing with him because I do believe he was typecast and I believe he was typecast by, you could be typecast and it's a negative thing. And typecast is basically the same thing as being, exercising prejudice, if if that makes sense. Like it's not always a, sinister plot to kind of keep somebody in these same types of roles because they look or sound like this. Sometimes it just kind of makes sense for the role that you created. And when you're creating art, you want to be as authentic to whatever your muse is as possible. So if I'm creating a story about gangsters And I have 20 people that come and they audition for this role. But two of them were actual gangsters or three of them may come from these situations that I'm trying to portray in my movie show, whatever. It is an easier translation for them. And their natural speaking voice and their natural way they walk and way they talk may already kind of fit this role. So it just tends to make sense that, hey, I want you to be this because you embody these things that I'm trying to convey in this art. The problem with typecasting is that you get to you get to a point so where they rarely you rarely see Michael K. Williams as the good guy lovable gangster yes but the good guy not so much because he played the roles of omar and the role of chalky white so well that in the minds of many people he was that person because like there's no way he could play these roles that well unless in some form a way this was his life you know what i mean And the funny thing about it was, as I did more research on like him, Michael K. Williams, not Chalky White or Omar, this was an issue that he dealt with because he was adamant about saying that he's not a gangster. And if you look at like his introduction into show business and entertainment, it's like, oh, yeah, this dude's not that. This is just a happy guy. Yeah, of course, he grew up in Brooklyn. He grew up around gangsters. But like this guy's not a gangster. He's a dancer. (laughs) And so and the funny thing about it was like most people, a lot of people get that gangster label and they want to keep that, even if that's not them, because it can get you places that some other things can't get you. Right. (laughs) And so uh, he was very open about the fact that, guys, I'm not a gangster. I'm a dancer. I just happen to play these gangster roles. 
And I think a part of that was him saying, hey, let me be other things. Like, don't put me in this box of just being a gangster because I can't grow there. Like, I've done that and I've, I've reached the pinnacle there and I can't grow there. And oh, yeah, that's not who I am in my heart. I'm a happy go lucky dude. Let me be this happy go lucky dude. And I don't think that people were. People in Hollywood, I don't think we're ready to accept that side of him. But Michael K. Williams was more than just Omar and Chalky White. Uh, he was very close friends with Queen Latifah. Uh, he was dancing in a bunch of Queen Latifah videos. Um, he had a show on Vice that I really liked. And he, he basically went back to the neighborhoods that he so often portrays and like was giving an it's a reality style show. And so he's giving another perspective of those neighborhoods and of the people that grow up in those neighborhoods, because I feel like he thinks or I can't speak for him, but I feel like he he thought maybe. The hood has been typecast. As to being like a monolith, it's these one characters, oh, you grow up here, this is how you think, this is how you walk, this is how you talk, and this is what you believe. And I do believe that the fight was not only for him to get out of that in Hollywood, but for maybe Hollywood and the rest of the world to also realize, hey, it's deeper than this. Like it's it's, it's the hood is not a monolith, and you can't ta- you can't typecast this because we're from the hood. We get happy, we get sad, we smile, we dance. Sure, there's some other elements of it that 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 you would like to portray, but that's not everybody. And I, I don't think he would want to be simply remembered as Omar or Chalky White. So I just wanted to kind of share that little bit about him. Um, the Internet is a, is a funny place, man, because yesterday when I found out he passed away. It wasn't even this loving headline and description of what happened it was i'm on twitter which man finding out news on twitter is a wild situation because it can either be like the most informative shit or the most informative thread you've ever read or the absolute most nasty behavior you you've ever come across and so basically 50 cent was trending and I'm not even going to repeat what he said because I don't know and they don't know that there's any truth behind what he is alleging. So it's not that important, right? But 50 Cent decided to insert himself into this situation with some ignorance. And that at the time was trending more than rest in peace to Michael K. Williams was. And it was about Michael K. Williams. But like it wasn't even a hundred percent I was mad that he he got on and like decided to dispute his opinions. It's at the end of it. Like he he hashtags his liquor brands because he knows and his shows and stuff. And he knows that this saying this reckless thing is going to get me attention. And while I have this attention. Let me plug some products, right? And it's like, that to me 
when do we take that back? Like, when when will the internet ever stop rewarding stupid shit? Like, that's just stupid shit. Like, I just, when, it made me think to myself, yo, it's safer outside. Like, the streets was the thing before. And I don't mean like the streets like the hood. Like, I just mean like wherever you're from, you know, going out with friends, being out in public, touching and talking to actual people. Now, this was the thing once. You might not believe it, but kind of it was, right? And then, like, everybody ran to the internet because of social media, because it's fun, right? And then so the internet has become the type of place that it's like, Smart people are running back to the streets because it's safe out here. Because, like, there's consequences out here. There's conversation out here. There's accountability out here because you can reach out and touch people out here. And so people still in the streets kind of act like they got some sense because they have consequences. But on the Internet, there's no consequences because no one can reach out and touch you because you're behind a keyboard or a screen. Right. And so. It just had me I, I didn't like the way that I received that news and it had me thinking about everything else and how we process things through the Internet. And I was like, man, I don't like this. I just I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like not being in control of narratives. Like. If you don't know a cause of death. Before, let's say we read it in a, you know, the TV's not going to not going to speculate. Reputable news sources are not going to speculate. It's going to give you the facts and then it's going to let you go there and kind of figure out what you might want to figure out. But the Internet speculates all the time and they it, they may end up being correct. Right. I'm not saying that they're not. But a lot of times the Internet is telling you how to feel about something before you've had an opportunity to actually feel it. So that's a dangerous situation because, like, you're not in control, but you think you are. Not to get too deep and shit, but, like, the algorithms got you thinking you know what you care about. And you don't. And it's funny because I started doing these, these episodes about a little bit over a month ago at this point. And I got an email from a friend saying, hey. I like these episodes. Please keep going. This is really dope in the morning. Um, I was going to send you something on IG, but I'm off social media for the month. And I was like, "Ooh, that's kind of dope. Like that, that would be a fun reset. You know what I mean? And I thought about that shit for, for weeks. Right. Okay. I keep running into, I keep running headfirst into things I don't like. And it's like, at what point do I weigh the risk versus reward, right? Reward being, I do things that need promotion. The best way to promote these is on social media. That's where the reach is at, right? And the risk being, is it kind of worth changing the way I feel about things? Because that's not real. Is it worth it? Because we have to have these. We, I, As a business, I have to have these tools. But these tools are dangerous. But these tools are also effective. And it's like we got to find the balance. 
but it's gotten to the point that I think the equilibrium has that's it's shifted. And I really do believe like it's safer outside the conversations that I have outside. I value way more because like. If you could tell me how you feel face to face, even if we disagree with each other, there is no benefit to you just to you telling me how you feel face to face. There's only the risk of an altercation of me not agreeing with you or something like that. So that tells me. You feel you actually feel what you say you feel on the Internet. I never know if y'all really care. When people die. Wars. COVID. Religion. Sexuality. Relationships. Politics. I never can tell if you really care or if you've just trying to kind of figured out the algorithm to get your attention up. And if, I mean, if that's the game you play, that's fine. Like, who am I to tell you not to be doing that shit? But I'm saying, like, this is self-reflective. That's a dangerous place for somebody like me because I just feel, and that's how I feel. And a lot of times it might not, I don't line up with what everyone else feels. So then I'm out there looking crazy, and I see that the world feels this way about it. And then I'm like, wait. So why do I feel differently? And it makes you question it for a second. So that's that's why to me, I'm saying, hey, it's safer in the streets. Because you can be you and you can feel the way you want to feel without the pressures of which way is the pendulum swinging today on the Internet. There's still a few of us outside. And it's 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 safer out here. I'm not going to hold you, though. I'm not going to keep you for too long. It's good to be back, though. I hope y'all had a, a good Labor Day weekend. I'm glad to be back into the swing of things, if I'm being honest, because, you know, everybody's about to make this fourth quarter push. So I like getting to work. It's Cloud Conversations. This was the morning edition. Uh, full-length episode is coming probably on Thursday. I'll have... Another full episode. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow again for the morning edition, but look for a full length episode, maybe Thursday. And at this point, I promise you, we're not going to be talking certified lover boy or Donda. Sorry. Cloud conversations. I'm out.